0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Imperfect. This week, we're going to do something different, you know, based on all the things that are currently happening in the world. I thought it'd be a good idea to kind of do something that I might make a series. Um, Episode 14 of this podcast was conversations with myself, and basically, today is going to be the exact same thing. Um... But it's going to be focused on what's currently happening in America, in Canada, protests, human rights, Black Lives Matter. Um, so we'll get into the episode now. Um, you know, it's I am a cisgendered white man. And, you know, all the time I don't really know what that means. Um, I don't I'm not always a fan of identifying down people directly to everything that is um, identity politics um, I think that can do a lot for detracting from who has a voice on certain topics and and who doesn't um I think you know sometimes it it's can be said to to unify people but often I, I think it's when you when you break people apart like that it's not very unifying but in some cases, I think it is fine and normal to do that. In this current age, in this current last two weeks since George, Floyd, George Floyd's murder, um, I think it's important to remember that, especially the white part and the man part. And, you know, those terms... When they distinguish people can be used to a point of, um, especially when they're used in politics and and to create policies around that. I think there can be issues designed around creating policies for specific identities, but when the human race is at stake, then. There is a place to know when to talk and know when not to talk. You know, as a white man with privilege, I have a podcast that's about manhood and masculinity. And I believe that there is a lot of toxic behavior in the world. And within that is the police force. Um. I think that's a, that's a major problem within society as a whole, as you see toxic environments, usually male heavy environments, um, whether that's sports, um, police force, army, um, there's a lot of unhealthy behaviors that can take place in those environments. And so over the last two weeks, I've had to really come to terms with my privilege and I, I've always known that I've had it, but, you know, it's really allowed me to reflect a little bit more on when I have it, who I have it more than, and the, the situations that it pertains to. So for instance, you know, the last, I guess, week now, two weeks, when or I guess, yeah, it just be a week. Whenever I go on Instagram and I see videos of police brutality or the things that are currently happening, it just makes me so angry. And within those conversations I have with myself, I have to remember that this anger that I feel for the last week is what is the black experience, or at least the a lot of the black experience in, in America and and even in Canada every day, the anger that they have over their own being shot and killed or being followed in stores or being stopped randomly in air quotes, um, being carded, you know, that's not something I've ever had to go through. That's never something that I've even recognized. Um, I've never been fearful of the cops because for me, it's, very likely that I won't be shot down and and killed. Um, You know, I think it's in in Canada, there's a lot less people with guns. um, So those reports are probably less. I'm not sure on the stats on that, but you know, I think in America, everyone, because they're all allowed to carry guns, it would like to believe that everyone is carrying a gun is, it would be common knowledge. Um, And so I think that, that pertains to it a little bit as well, but like the videos that I've seen on the police training that have come out regarding how they're trained to see violence as a an option in a lot of cases. Um, you know, Hasan Minaj did a did a video on it on Patriot Act. Uh, I've read some other things about this killology um, training that's done in the states, but. All this to say is just, it just makes me so angry and I can't even imagine what that's like to feel that about your own people every single day, you know, whether that's black or, you know, the gay community, um, I, that doesn't happen to white people. And even though I know I have privilege, I think it's really hard to understand privilege because it's, it's not really quantifiable. And, you know, that's one thing that I see a lot of right-wing intellectuals saying during this time is there's no institutional racism. There's no systemic racism. And these are the stats that show that, or there's no stats to say that there is systemic racism. And I, you know, I I think it's a hard thing to to prove or disprove it's proportional to the person. um, And I don't think, I think, Everyone has racist tendencies or, or thoughts. Um, you know, it's just embedded in us from a young age and we always have to teach ourselves to uh, leave that behind. For myself, you know, there's I've definitely um, been in a store and, like, profiled someone. And I, in those moments, I think, Luke, you're so stupid. Like, that just get that out of your head and I correct myself, and it's and it's a constant action of knowing or thinking, identifying how how bad those thoughts are, and then fixing it. You know, combating yourself at the source. And I think a lot of people would say that about themselves. And it's it's nice to see um, a lot of people coming to terms with with themselves. I I feel like you know it's something I've I've known about myself is that I've I've sometimes had those thoughts, I've never acted on them, but. You know, it's it's about correcting that within your own mind about the the dangers of people or the and it's you know it's embedded in media it's embedded everywhere that black lives are more dangerous than than whites or um, all these little identity, identity things that that play into someone being more dangerous than someone else and you know on, on one of my episodes I talked about this a little bit with an um, episode. Uh, eight, I believe, with Pablo, who who grew up in Rexdale, um, so he kind of touches on a little bit of the the systemic ideas that play into black identity. So if if you haven't listened to that episode, I, I definitely would. Him and I have had conversations since. Um, I you know I checked in with him about how he's doing. I actually shared with him a book that talks about the radical radicalization of of young men, but also um, black men in specific. And how that happens through hate—it's um, a great avenue for it to latch onto it um, to take advantage of those of those identities that separate them from whites or or, or higher class, you know, perceived higher class. Um, but I've just been angry, and I I've wanted to educate myself a bit more. I've read Martin Luther King's book. I've read Nelson Mandela's book, but I dipped back into them over the past uh, week um, to really bring my thoughts full circle or or just, you know, refresh myself. And, you know, MLK is a a preacher of nonviolence in a lot of his books. Like he was someone that got bombed. He was a target of so many attacks. That was when the KKK was a lot more obvious in the streets. Like they weren't as, um, like they would they would be out and about and announcing it um which i don't know if they they do these days i'm not really aware of of how they act or or show themselves in in society but you know he was someone that preached pro, nonviolence non violence all the way through and i think a lot of people um white people i've had conversations with you know the others in in my family and in the community about the riots and the looters. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are saying, Oh, it's like, it's so disrespectful to be looting and, and it's, it's taking a protest for a good reason and it's making it a bad thing. And, you know, to me, if you watch the videos, the videos I've seen on, on, on Instagram are all typically the violence is started by the police, or at least the, the provocateur is, the police and whether that's tear gas and, you know, there's so many instances of, of police showing up to marches and protests with no guns, no, and like I saw a post today about women's March and um, some other marches and and police aren't lined up with tear gas and, and semi autos on the street. There's no national guard called in for because, and, and it's known that those, you know, maybe they see women as more peaceful, but, it, it definitely has to be something there that they see these protesters as more willing to act, more angry. You know, there's definitely police out there who are aggravating the situation or undercover and, and aggravating the situation from videos that I've seen. And my issue that that happens, you know, I'm not, this is what I say. I'm not pro riots, but I'm not... I do not like the idea of white people telling black people how they should be protesting. When this has gone on for years and years and there's been no solution, you know, Colin Kaepernick did a peaceful protest kneeling. Um, There's been so many protests and requests to fix this situation. And at some point, you, you cannot say you know, you're only allowed to protest in this way because every way they've protested so far, there's been judgments of it. So at what point are you going to listen and act? And I think they're being taken a lot more seriously this time. Um, no, they are not a terrorist group um, at all in in my humble opinion um there's bad actors and in riots and mob mentality takes place you know i've been in crowds that have gotten dangerous or um at least a little bit more pushy and chubby and that's been at concerts that's been at the raptors parade you know i've 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 been there and i know how how mob mentality can be but it it is not up to white people to tell black people how to protest in in this time when that's all they've tried to do for all the peaceful protests and i still think that most of the protests are peaceful you know news i'm getting more trustworthy news from instagram than i than i am from what i'm seeing on on other news sources and that's another issue as well that i I won't get too much into but you know i like who are you to tell them what they can and cannot do and how to act and how to protest and i find it so interesting this that narrative um i find it very interesting how this is the one that has put people over the top and i and we've seen protests for for other cases of of police brutality of course but this one just feels different it feels necessary it feels like this is the one that will make a change um and i think that's a that's a really good thing and you know i know that i i I don't like painting all cops as bad but i do like the idea of painting all cops who don't speak up on something as bad and i know i've read posts about police that have tried to call out things within their own division and precinct and they've gotten castrated for it. You know, they try to blow the whistle in their department and they get kicked out. They get, they get um, framed for something and then they get, they're the ones that get fired. So there a hundred percent is corruption in the police. And I, and I a hundred percent believe that. So I think there is a, demotivation for, for good people to do the right thing after a while. If, if you've tried and tried and it fails, that's no excuse of course, but you know, I just, it's the natural state of, of humans that if you give them power and you give them weapons, they will use that to their advantage. You know, I was a Don at university, which means I lived on the, on the floor with, with first years and you have some level of authority, not much, but you're like a third year, fourth year student and you're in charge of first year students. So there's like two or three year gap, but there's a power identity there. And I've seen dons take so much advantage of that power. You know, even presidents of student union clubs, um, it's, it seems to be a, a common thing. And you have to learn how to not abuse your power, but there are some people that seem to just want to abuse it. And I think why you become a cop is very important. Um, What precinct and why you chose it is very important. And you, to me, cannot go into that job wanting to see violence or hoping for violence. I think obviously there's um, cases that are necessary um and no one wants to be a traffic cop all their lives but your job is to serve and protect and the first first part is serve and the second part is protect and unless someone is an imminent threat to someone else's life I don't think there should be any reason to kill someone like it just shouldn't happen and you know, it's it's really hard for me as a white man to understand what we have done. And, you know, there's education on it, 100%. But even with education and understanding, you have to have empathy for that problem, that issue, that human rights violation. And... I have seen some despicable things um, from some people and white privilege is 100% a thing to anyone listening to this. It is undeniable. And if you think about it, even like systemic racism, you know, like the officer who murdered George Floyd had, forget the exact number, 17 prior complaints against him and nothing was done. That is both white privilege and the problems within the system, systemic issues. To say that is not is ridiculous. You know, I I'm not a huge fan of of um citizen journal- journalism. I think it causes a lot of problems, a lot of fake news. Um but, you know, in cases like these this is that's the main reason that anything was done about it. And you know, I I do not like cancel culture. I don't like it when people react overly emotional to things, but um, sometimes it's necessary to make a change as long as there's reason behind what you're doing. And, you know, a lot of Republicans again will use statistics to say that it's irrational the way you're responding to me. Statistics only show you what is measured. They, but in showing you what is measured, They also tell you what is not measured and anyone can spin a story around numbers that have been measured and anyone can say that the data is flawed or the data is accurate or that there was no bias into the data. There's so much problem with making a point out of statistics unless it's literally measured because if you're only counting police brutality by the number of unarmed black men that were shot, like I think it was nine last year, but if you're talking about all the, Black men that were and black people that were carted or you know profiled in stores or had false claims um of police called on them, then that is the racism that needs to be fixed within society. Um, it's a very simple concept to me that it is not just about the killings of of black men and women. It is the approach that is taken to black men and women from both a police standard and a societal standard of even calling them in the fir- calling the cops in the first place um you know kind of going back to the identity politics that i started off with i i don't like no color blindness or you know i don't see color or we're all the human race like those are arguments to me that are shallow you like you need to understand the differences between people in in a society. I think that's very important. My issue more comes when we use those issues to label one person's opinions as less than or or we create policies specifically around like government you know policies specifically around those identities. Um, I think that, when it comes to those identities um, you know I think differences offer a lot of understanding I think if we all just claim that you know we have the same experiences though there would be no need for empathy because everyone would just understand everyone which isn't the case we need to understand our differences so me a, a white cisgendered male talking to you right now about my thoughts is is I think an important part of the conversation I, I think it's, it's important that we listen Um, but I think it's also important that we share what we don't understand so that we can fill in those gaps or, or have those gaps filled in and not to say that it's anyone's job to fill in those gaps. I think it's much more of a a, a personal mission or, or goal or, um, action that we have to take to fulfill that. We have to be purposeful in it, but at the same time, we need to know what we don't know and we don't know what we don't know. And I would hate to have a culture where we build, a, a society that is afraid to ask, but we don't know, out of fear of looking like a fool. I'm not afraid of of looking like a fool, um, to, to ask questions that I'm really curious about, and, you know, color blindness, and saying like, um, you know, I don't see color. We're all all lives matter. It doesn't fix anything either. But when there's problems in politics where it's like, oh, your voice is completely unnecessary, I don't like that either. And you know, I think that can be that can happen with white cisgendered men um, that we're put in that box of our voices don't matter. And I'm not saying mine mine does not matter more than anyone else's on this case, but I'm just saying it has a piece to play and it has a part in understanding and creating that conversation because I, I truly believe that you know, we have to be allies. If, if white men, white cisgendered men are the most powerful under the current system in patriarchy and hierarchy, then we have to be part of the solution of lifting others up with our, with our um, privilege. And so that's why I think it's important that we're not silenced, but we're also not the leaders of the table, but we, we have to be at the table. And then, you know, in regards to things in my own life that I've said or done, I mean, I'm sure that there have been instances that I have been um, provocative or maybe unintentionally racist with microaggressions. You know, I, I I'm I used to laugh at that term microaggressions, but over the last few years with conversations with my friends, I've been able to understand them a bit more and how they're, they can be damaging Um you know, me and my group of guy friends, we we call each other out a lot more on certain behaviors. And, you know, in high school, I can remember singing along to a lot of our favorite artists and, and being comfortable um, saying words that were that we shouldn't have said. And, you know, I, I'm aware of that now. And um, I think about it quite often, to be honest, about how foolish I was. Um, back then and how much I've learned, how much I've grown, you know, even in high school, there wasn't many, um, black people at my high school. And so, you know, a lot of people, even myself, we were looking for that, you know, um, it was, it was cool to have the appreciation of, of black people because that prompted you up in, you know, your kind of cultural way or, or you thought you were super cool because of it. And I'm guilty of that myself. Um, and there's just a lot of shame in my life built around that. And those opinions I've had to, I've had to reflect on recently. And so, um, you know, this is a constant battle of, of shaping myself up to be the future or for the future. I want to have more men of color talking about their experiences, especially, um, in their communities. And I, there's been people like director X who I've followed since, um, for a while because he's done great work in toronto on and i actually saw him speak at an event last year but he's done great work with uh communities in toronto because of um, the gun violence that's rising in the city and i actually first came across his name when i was doing a my final essay on gun violence in toronto and and if it's if that's related to the rising hip-hop scene in toronto and um he's someone that's been he's talked about it quite a lot with uh the mayor um and some other he's very very hands-on within the toronto community i'd love to have him on the podcast one day he's actually been on my dream list for a while um but you know i really want to talk with young men from those communities and ask them ask them very ignorant questions that i have and about their lives um the the struggles that they go through because it's so easy to look at it from afar and say oh it's not that bad or or judge them for it but there are systemic issues that go into it and I'm I'm fully aware of that and I want to be part of the solution I want this podcast to be part of the solution I want to be able to be the change um you know look myself in the mirror (laughs) um kind of some some Michael Jackson references in there but, you know, I, I live with a lot of shame and guilt about things I've thought in the past and I need to be better. And, you know, I'm, I believe I'm on the right track. Um, I've I've been having conversations with, with elders about um, what's going on and, and my thoughts on it and um, kind of calling out some things, but also learning from, my, from myself. And uh, I've donated money, but at the end of the day, donating money isn't what matters we have to keep pushing forward we have to keep bettering ourselves and yeah i just think there's there's so much more we can do to make sure that this doesn't happen again and i want to be part of the, the solution so you know i'm going to leave links to um the the places where you can donate money in the bio um you can listen to episode eight with uh, pablo and myself where we talk about some of these these racial issues and systemic issues as well as just, you know, social constructs that we've we've placed into our our own selves. And um, yeah, I, I, I have a purposeful goal to be better in the future. And I believe this is a converse this is a place for a conversation about this, this type of topic and I wanna make sure that I honor that moving forward. And yeah, that's really it. Um, this is conversations with myself uh I am a cis gendered white male, and my, my my voice um needs to to shut up and listen, but these are my thoughts on on what's going on, kind of my thought process on a lot of things and uh I can do better we can all do better, and let's keep moving forward and not stop this conversation here. Thank you for listening. Um, leave a review, uh, rating on iTunes, follow me on the imperfect pod on Instagram, and we will continue with, uh, the programming, the normal programming of interviews next week, but, uh, definitely wanted to put out this episode today and, uh, just reflect on myself, my life, what's going on and, and, um, how we can all do better. Thanks.